Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. And welcome back. Hello, everyone. Tony Richards here. And this is the podcast, Better Than Before, from our company, Clear Vision Development Group. And William and Whitney are here, as usual, this week with me. And we're going to talk about America's birthday. This week, we're celebrating the 4th of July, which is always a great holiday. And not only that, but it marks the 50% 50-yard line on the year. Also, this month on our content that we're sharing from Clear Vision, all of our tweets and blogs and podcasts and stuff is going to be around leading yourself and uh, self-development. So I've got a list of questions kind of from my toolbox that I ask a lot of my coaching clients that I just want to run by you guys and get your reaction. And also the people who are listening, if a question strikes you as helpful or useful, well, then we will have created value with you. And that's our whole mission at Clear Vision is to create value with every interaction we have with people and shape or form some improvement with you in some way. When you think of the 4th of July, besides our country's independence and uh, the Declaration of Independence and all of that, what do you what do you think about what's personally important to you about it? My birthday's the very next day. Oh, the 5th. So, yeah. So that's always what I'm thinking is the celebration tends to always re- kind of connect to my birthday each year. Yeah. For me, it's like the Christmas of summer. So why why does it have that meaning for you? Because it's the big holiday during the summer season. And as a child, you know, summer was the most fun part of being a kid. Yeah. Yeah, we had three main holidays, really, growing up. And they were Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the 4th of July. The 4th of July was a very unusual day because all of my family took off. They never took off. I mean, they never stopped working. But uh, on the 4th of July, they did. And we always went on a picnic together. That's also the day I almost drowned. I almost drowned in Kentucky Lake because my grandfather, he owned a service station. So every year what he did was he saved these big inner tubes from tires so we could take them to the lake and use them as flotation devices. And so we would always play on the inner tubes on the lake. Well, I got stuck in an inner tube and somehow got flipped over. I couldn't get flipped back over. So the top half of my body was in the water and my legs were sticking up in the air. My dad and mom were watching and my mom said, I think something's wrong with Tony. And my dad goes, oh, that's wrong. He's just having fun. After a few minutes, she goes, no, I don't think he's having fun. I think he's having trouble getting flipped over. So my dad ran into the lake. I still remember in his pants and loafers and flipped me back over. But I still remember that very vividly. I don't think I was more than four or five. Wow. Wow. Kentucky Lake was always our picnic spot. And then there was an amusement park in Paducah, Kentucky called Noble Park. We'd eat lunch and spend the early part of the afternoon at Kentucky Lake. Then we'd go to Noble Park and ride rides for a couple hours. That was kind of our 4th of July. So it reminds me of picnics and outdoors and uh, time off, not working, those those kinds of things. Right. 
So you have, guys have any 4th of July traditions that you do to this day or observe? The usual barbecue. Yep. That's always brought so some eating. burgers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Holiday of eating. Yes. Okay, great. So if you have an annual 4th of July tradition, I hope you have a good time this year doing it with your family and, and celebrating it. My wife typically goes to North Dakota for the 4th of July and I haven't uh, gone on that trip the last couple of years just because it's a long, long automobile ride. And uh, she has a class reunion and uh, 4th of July activities with her family and stuff. And 4th of July in North Dakota is actually a pretty pleasurable summer day. Uh, low, <laughs> low humidity and uh, somewhere in the 80s usually. And uh, here in Missouri, it's usually hot uh, and, uh, and pretty warm. Yeah, and humid. Do you do fireworks, you guys? We were never big fireworks people. We used to when we lived in like a neighborhood with a cul-de-sac, but since my parents retired, they're they're not really in that kind of situation anymore. Oreo and Davy do not like them. They, I'm sure. They don't like thunderstorms and they don't like fireworks. And that's another reason I haven't really gone with my wife on her trip to North Dakota the last couple of years is because they do big time fireworks in her hometown and uh, Oreo and Davy are not fans. So um, rather than me uh, wrestling both of them to the ground for a couple hours, probably better if we just kind of stay here in Missouri. And do you have any plans for the fourth? Uh, barbecue. Yeah, I'm going to go down and see my parents for it again. Oh, cool. I'll probably uh, do something food-wise out of the ordinary. And then in the evening, I'll probably watch one of those top 10 movies we talked about last week or something. Nice. So self-development. Here's some questions out of my coaching toolbox that I will ask some clients from time to time, depending on the situation. And you guys uh, give me your reaction to some of these. So number one is what's really important to me? So I think in order to avoid disappointment and to avoid regret and some things like that, that's a good question to clarify and answer. Mm -hmm. I agree. What's really important to me and where do I really need to put my time, effort, money, focus, those kinds of things. Number two, this is a good one and I'll tell you why. What else could this mean? So this is for people who jump to conclusions. So you ever get that voicemail message or that email message and you jump to conclusion going oh i know what this is about right Mm -hmm. Uh, and you spend time stewing over it and you get yourself all worked up only to find out that that isn't what it was Uh, it was something entirely different that question is a pretty powerful one Mm -hmm. what else could this mean here's another one that's sort of a companion question to that one but am i processing this correctly Um, Because a lot of times how we perceive and process the situation directs our thoughts and actions from there. And a lot of us misprocess all the time. Well, and a lot of the time with emails, you're putting your own tone onto it, not the tone of the person that's writing it. Yes, that's true. Here's another one. Who can help me? So a lot of times we are afraid to ask for help. We are afraid to ask for assistance. Some of that is because of pride and ego. And sometimes it's because we are afraid we'll be rejected. But even before that, I think it's important to identify who are those people who can give you assistance by way of experience, thoughts, whatever. I have been pretty fortunate 
most of the things I've wanted to accomplish in my life, I have done a pretty good job of locating and identifying people who could help me. And a lot of what we do on this program is about that, right? That's one of the reasons we have special guests on the show is to try to help people look at things at a different perspective or provide expertise. Here's another one, a lot, very close cousins to that question. Who can I help? Mm. I like that. So my whole business career has been built on that. Who can I help with my time, my talent, my skill? And I have been most of the time rewarded for that, either monetarily or through the sheer pleasure of doing it. I know Whitney's uh, very passionate about the American Cancer Society. Isn't that right? American Heart American Association. American Heart Association. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Cancer would be mine. Bill, what are you passionate about helping? Humane Society. Humane Society. Yep. The puppies and kitties. Mm-hmm. So you and Anne Marie are closely aligned on that. <laughs> yes. Here's a good one. Yeah, you, you hear people all the time, I'm going to go with my gut, right? Or I should just go with my gut. Right. I should just follow my gut. What is your gut average? Ooh. Good question. So what is the average amount of right and wrong when you've gone with your gut? That would be a good thing to sit, think right. about, and calculate. Um, number six, what would my life be like if I was easier on myself? Another good one. Yeah. That can also go the other way. What would my life be like if I was a little tougher on myself? So it depends on which way you lean. Um, I tend to lean tougher. I don't think anybody could ever hurt my feelings more than I can. Or anybody could ever be more difficult on me or hold me more accountable than me. So I probably could ease up on myself from time to time. There are other people who... Maybe it might be good for you if you actually held yourself to some higher standards, right? So that one can go either way. If I didn't need money, what would I be doing? Wow. That would be really hard to answer. I know what Bill would be doing. Mm-hmm. Art. Yep. But nothing's really stopping you from nope. doing it, right? And you do no. it from time to time, don't you? Yeah, I stay Have you it. done an art project this year? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's an amazing amount of people out there who are actually doing for a hobby what they really should be doing, but they're just worried they won't be able to make a living at it or whatever. That's why they're doing it as a hobby instead of their occupation. Who do I need to forgive? Now, for me, forgiveness doesn't mean be best buddies again. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I don't know of anybody I haven't forgiven. Uh, there are people I don't want to be in relationship with any longer, but I have forgiven them for whatever. This one can really stifle your growth. If you hold grudges, if you um, retain anger, frustration, uh, if you have a I'm going to get them back sort of mentality, this can really stunt you as far as your personal growth is concerned. So that's a good one to make a list of if you've got some people you need to forgive. Number nine, this is one I answer uh, fairly frequently and one that I really like using with my clients. What are you truly grateful for? You have a list of them. I have a long list, over 200 on my gratitude list. And I never get to 10 without being happy. Like once I get past four or five, I'm just happy. Not content and not satisfied, but happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I think it's good to do that. Are you have something you're really grateful for, Bill? Yeah, I'm always grateful for a good job. 
um, great people in my life. Family. Family. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to also write these things out because it seems so intuitive to be like, well, of course I should count my blessings. But when you start writing them down and start seeing how many you actually have, then it really starts to make an impact. I remember there was one time where I had a neighbor. He has since passed away. But I had a neighbor who had been diagnosed with some very serious cancer. And I wasn't feeling very well on this particular occasion. And I was up at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, not feeling well. And uh, I went to my front door and looked across the way, across the street, across the lawn. And there were lights on at his house. And I thought... I, even though I'm not feeling well and I'm fairly sick, he he's in a much worse situation than I am, which just goes to show you that there are people who have it worse. Right. And I think when you think about it in those terms, it makes you appreciate your situation that much more. Even if you're going through something bad, you can always find somebody whose situation is worse than yours. Here's one that you got to be careful with because it has a blank in it. What would blank do? And you put a person in there. If you were to put Richard Branson in there, what would Richard Branson do? Richard Branson is famous for saying, screw it, let's do it. (laughs) Well, you may not want to do that every time. (laughs) But I think it is good to have role models and people who have certain attitudes and mindsets. And you you ask yourself every now and then, what would that person do in this situation? One of my favorites, if I did know, what would the answer be? And sometimes that works with people who are struggling with answers. You can say, well, if you did know the answer, what would it be? And they just blurt out the answer all of a sudden. On a scale of 1 to 10, how committed am I to achieving blank? That helps you set priorities, too, if you've got a few of them that you're trying to achieve. Number 14, and this is kind of a post-mortem, what can I learn from this? That one can be dangerous, too, because sometimes you paint situations with a broad brush. And you say you're never going to do X again when it actually might be good for you to do X again. Mm -hmm. Number 15, what can I do to break this pattern of behavior? Well, first of all, you got to recognize that it's a pattern, right? right? And it's something that you continuously do. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about developing willpower. And I'm going to talk about recognizing your patterns. Number 16, what's the backstory here? Most of the way we think, act, feel, and we started out by talking about the 4th of July. So all three of us on this podcast had a backstory to their 4th of July. So a lot of times your prior experiences shape the way you think and feel and some of the times the the things that you do. So it's kind of important to know what's the story leading up to why you think that way or why you do that or why you feel that way. Number 17, so I have a goal. What will achieving this goal do for me? Is it long-lasting? Is it short-term? Is it intermediate? Is it long-term? What would your perfect day look like? That would be fun to write out. I've done that exercise a few times. What would your perfect day look like? It would definitely start with sleeping in. (laughs) (laughs) And food. (laughs) What would I rather be, right or loved? What would you do if fear wasn't in your way? Mm, That's good. Yeah, that is a good one. What is it that detracts me the most from being happy? In other words, what's keeping you from being your happiest? What is the one bad habit that is keeping you from being where you want to be? 
What are the five things you got to do before you leave this world? Any thoughts? Um, travel. Okay. What would need to happen for you to be happy, not satisfied? What have I learned from my biggest, most painful mistakes? Not to give up. That's a good one. One of my favorites. What will my biggest regrets be if I don't do something about them before I leave? What does a true friend really look like for me? I think everyone needs to fill that one out. I agree. Be right back on Better Than Before. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. You know, as I'm sitting around talking with people and they know I'm a business strategist and business consultant, management consultant, inevitably the question comes up, Tony, what should I be doing in my business right now? First thing I would suggest is you need to do positive leadership modeling, positive leadership modeling. And so some of you who are familiar with my work know that I have a model called the galaxy of you. And the way the galaxy of you works is that if you were to think about the world revolving around you, you're like at the center of the galaxy. And so you are constantly expanding, just like the galaxy of the Milky Way that we live in is always expanding. And you're in the position of the sun. And so you have all these things revolving around you. And as your galaxy is expanding, it's expanding at the same rate that you are expanding. So as you grow, your galaxy grows. As you grow, your business grows. And as you get better, everything in your galaxy gets better. Everything in your surrounding universe gets better based on how you're getting better. So with that thought in mind, you think about positive leadership modeling means you are doing the things in your business that your employees are watching you do, your customers are watching you do. And so what are some of those things? Well, I'm going to give you three questions that you can write in your journal and you can write down and think and ponder about as far as being a more positive leadership role model. Okay, the first question is, Why do you get out of bed every day and why do you do what you do? Why do you get out of bed every day and why do you do what you do? So it's kind of difficult to be a positive leadership role model if the only reason you're going to your business every day is just for the money that you get. You don't really enjoy it for any other reason. And so you got to ask yourself, am I being a positive leadership role model because I love what I do? I'm passionate about what I do. I go to my business every single day excited about the prospects about what might happen today or what opportunities we might have or how we're going to grow the business or how we're going to make the business better. 
So one aspect of positive leadership modeling is why do you get out of bed every day and why do you do what you do? Number two question is when you fall down or make a mistake, how do you pick yourself back up? Now, positive leadership modeling is about being a role model. So if you want your employees to recover from failure in a fast, rapid way, how do you do it? Because that's a teaching opportunity, see? When you make a mistake, it is imperative that you admit it and that you show them how much resiliency you have because that gives them more confidence in you as the business owner and as a leader. They think, wow, look at him. He's not giving up or look at her. Wow. She's got strong bounce back power, right? And ego and pride are the two reasons that we don't admit that we're wrong, right? So we got to shed that if we're going to be a positive leadership model in our businesses. And then number three is how will you stay focused? You know, it's all about positive leadership modeling. So you would like your employees and your customers and people around you, you'd like for them to stay focused, right? Well, how do you do it? How do you model it for other people? And remember, whatever you focus on gets all of you. And whatever you give energy to is going to expand and get bigger. And whatever you take energy away from is going to shrink and get smaller. So you got to watch yourself or you'll focus on the wrong things. You'll focus on the negative things instead of the positive things. You'll get distracted. You'll get taken away from the key issues and chase rabbits. And so you as a leader have to figure out how you're going to stay focused so you can be a positive leadership model for those other people in your company that are following you. So those are three questions that you can journal about and think about and use for improvement as part of what should I be doing in my business right now, you need to be doing a lot of positive leadership modeling. Number two, I would say, you should be doing aggressive training and development of your people. I've never seen a business that had unhappy employees and happy customers uh, because attitudes are just like the cold or the flu. People catch attitudes, people catch demeanors, people catch emotions just like they catch the colder or the flu. And what I found is that most employees are happy when they're learning and when they're getting better and when they're getting a chance to apply what they've learned and they have a chance to apply their talents to projects. Your success is going to be determined largely by the people that are around you in your business. Those closest to you are going to determine the magnitude of your success. That's why you as a leader have to take responsibility for training and equipping a core group. And there better be someone who can do it. And it probably going to be you. You better be a person who is so good and you're ahead of everybody else by a little bit so you can pass on what you know. You know, the companies that are doomed for failure are the ones that everybody's about on the same level, right? Nobody's learning from anybody any better or any more skillful than they are. Everybody's about at the same level. So that usually means that group stays at the same level and goes backwards because there is no such thing as status quo. Everything's either going up or going down. And usually when you have a company where everybody's about the same, that's going to go back and recede. 
rather than having somebody like you as a business owner who has some skills and you're always getting better and you're always a year or two ahead of your people so that you can go back and bring them up to your level and you stay ahead all the time. Now, you probably already know that no business can be more successful than its leader. So the leader is going to be the cap on the business's success. So wherever you as the business owner, business leader are, that's where the cap on the business is. So if you're not constantly raising your own level, you won't be able to raise the level of the business and you won't be able to raise the level of your people. But you have to constantly be empowering them to exercise their influence for the benefit and the growth of your company. So number two, what should I be doing in my business right now? You need to be aggressively training and developing your people. Number three is you need to be establishing strategic goals for the next five years. Now that's going to be a little bit harder than it sounds because things move at an extremely fast pace and an extremely fast rate. I mean, we live in an ever-changing world where um, technology is advancing, business principles are advancing, globalization and digitization. We're rapidly expanding into global businesses every single day. And so those are just some things that are going at an exponentially fast rate right now, which makes it more difficult to plan. We used to say, you know, you need a strategic plan for the next 20 years, the next 10 years, the next five years, and the next one year. And really what we're saying now is you need to plan for the next 18 months, the next 36 months, and the next five years. Because the way things are, are moving at a fast pace in five years, everything will be different. So you have to work really, really hard to keep up with the fast-paced trends that are going on. We used to do an exercise with businesses, and we still do from time to time as part of strategy, called a SWOT, capital S, capital W, capital O, capital T. And that stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so you look at two of them, which are internal, strengths and weaknesses, internal, and then two externals, opportunities that exist in the marketplace and threats to your business that exist in the marketplace. And now it's almost like, I want to shorten that down to just SWT and do strengths, weaknesses, and trends. Because the way everything is moving at such a fast pace, you want to catch a trend. And you want to say, is this a fad or is this a real trend? And so when you're formulating your objectives and goals for the next five years, you need to spot those trends that your business can capitalize on and ride over the next little bit. If it's a fad, then you're going to jump on something that's going to come and it's going to go very, very quickly. But if it's an actual trend, it's going to be trending up. And those are like surfing on the ocean. You can get on your surfboard and you can ride those, right? I remember several years ago, a good friend of mine who's a futurist, He all he really does is he predicts the future and talks about the way that business is going. And I think this conference was in 1988 that I attended, and he had a uh, presentation, and it was a guy on a surfboard, and he was saying that one day we'll all be on this stream of information, and it'll be called surfing. And uh, we'll all have access to all this great data and information, and it'll be a free flow of information that we'll be surfing on. Now, and you and I both know, you know, that's been 25, 28 years ago, and that has not been a fad. 
right? That's been a trend and it's been a growing trend that, so now we do almost everything by the internet. We shop on the internet, we get our entertainment on the internet, we communicate on the internet. So that's a trend. It's just exponentially growing every year and still growing as opposed to a fad where, you know, six months later and we're on to something else. So you need to figure out those strengths of your business the weaknesses of your business, and then the trends that are out there that you can jump on and that you can ride. Outside of that, you can look at your strategic goals over the next five years through four, what I call lenses. Look through four strategic lenses in your business. Number one lens is the financial part of your business, which, you know, your strategy, your implementation, the execution to your top line and to your bottom line. Lens number two is the customer lens. So how can you create value and differentiation when you acquire, retain, or service your customer? Lens number three you want to look through as far as establishing strategic goals for the next five years is your internal processes. When you get a customer, what sort of processes are in your company that product has to go through to be made or sold or bought or delivered? The internal processes of your company have to be constantly maintained and serviced. So what are your goals for that? And then the fourth lens you wanna look through is the people part of your business. How are you going to recruit? How are you going to train? And how are you going to develop the people in your business to always be going to a higher level? So those four strategic lenses and those three important factors, your strengths, your weaknesses, the trends, and then the financial, the customer, the internal processes, and the people parts of your business. And you don't want any more than three or four or five, no more than five goals in each one of those buckets. So that'll help you some. So tip number three, what should I be doing in my business right now? You need to be establishing strategic goals for the next five years and have those really solidified for the next 18 months. I'll be back with today's leadership and business lesson on better than before. Are you working twice as hard, but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. time now for our leadership and business lesson and this month we're talking about growing yourself and leading yourself and I thought we might do something a little bit different on this week's program. I want to play for you the audio version of chapter one of my book The Big Idea and this chapter is all about leading yourself and it's all about discovering your purpose. 
So I'd like for you to pay attention because there's some really cool questions in this chapter about discovering your purpose. And you might think about writing these down and then uh, writing them out and their answers a little bit later on. And I'll be back at the end of this chapter to close out the show. Big idea number one, finding your life purpose. Most everyone feels a pull towards some defining purpose in his or her life. We spot intermittent clues along the way that make the pull more apparent. There's always some form of evolution or at least some movement toward an overall defining life purpose. On the other hand, we become so distracted with the day-to-day tasks, activities, or goals that these feelings must be shelved or ignored in order for us to get back to our busy lives. We sometimes put ourselves in line for consequences because we don't identify our overarching life purpose. One of these consequences comes when our inner self knows we're out of sync with our outer behavior. This causes some frustration and quite a bit of dissatisfaction. Things seem a bit hollow. It may feel like a lack of inner peace or confidence has been instilled in your life. When you're on the verge of discovering your purpose, it often feels like an inclination that continues to push you. Sometimes this discovery is right in front of your eyes, but you don't allow yourself to see it. Focus Point Discovering your life purpose means letting go of self-interest. When you're highly focused on yourself or meeting your goals in your work and your life and your relationships, your purpose becomes obscure. Your ego covers it like a cloud blocking the sun. Ego is part of being human, but you must be aware of it and keep it in check. Letting go can help you find your deepest purpose. Action Step Create a purpose statement for your life. Many people don't understand their purpose or what they're meant to be doing until very late in their lives. Unfortunately, some never find it. It's important to explore this part of your life to avoid regret later. There is a huge advantage in being at peace with yourself and understanding why you're on this planet at this particular time. Know that you have a strong contribution to make regarding others. Once you have this confidence, the pursuit of your vision becomes easier and a lot more enjoyable. Here are some exercises you can do to help give you a clear vision. Journal and dedicate a few blank pages to this section. Schedule some quiet time and clear your mind. Contemplate some of these questions. Number one, what makes you smile? Activities, people, events, hobbies, projects, etc. Number two, what are your favorite things to do? Number three, what activities make you lose track of time? Number four, what makes you feel great about yourself? Number five, who inspires you the most? Family, friends, authors, artists, leaders, etc. Number six, what qualities inspire you in each of those people? Number seven, what are you naturally good at? Skills, abilities, gifts, etc. Number eight, what do people typically ask you for help with? Number nine, If you had to teach something, what would you teach? Number 10, what would you regret not fully doing, being, or having in your life? Number 11, what are the challenges, difficulties, and hardships you've overcome or in the process of overcoming? How did you do it? Number 12, what causes do you strongly connect with? Number 13, How can you use your talents, passions, and values as resources to serve, help, and contribute? 
Once you've answered the questions in your journal, try putting together a few paragraphs you can mold into your purpose statement for your life. This can be a powerful guiding star for your own self-direction. So that's chapter one of my book, The Big Idea, the audio version. I hope you enjoyed that. We might do some more of that sometime in the future. I thought it might just be something a little bit different for our theme and leading yourself. Remember to catch our podcast. Once you subscribe, you'll receive notifications every week when we release a new episode. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe at iTunes, at Google Play, also on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and also be sure to leave us a star rating and a positive review that will help us attract other people and share the value that we're offering on better than before until i see you again next time remember everything gets better when you get better thank you for listening to better than before with tony richards a business leaders podcast powered by clear vision development group for more resources from tony visit clearvisiondevelopment.com Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.